I've also been tempted to sign up for, you know, they have catalogs like that, but for like, like Catholic churches. Yeah, we get a lot of that weird mail because I guess the former owner of the house mm-hmm. was a pastor. Yeah, but the thing is, if you get like the, the Catholic clergy like order catalog, there's a bunch of like really good goth home goods in there. Ooh, I think. Right. Oh, yeah. and, and robes. Yeah. Yeah, you can order the robes. You can order the legit robes. And there's like tons of rosaries, oh tons God. of like candle holders. Like all sorts of cool metal as fuck shit. What do I Dude, have to do? I know how know where I'm getting my winter fit. Yeah. Yeah. Hell man. yeah. I found Catholicgoods.com. Found this out because of a TikTok home decor goth lady where she just does reviews of the seasonal like clergy catalogs of like what's hot and what's not for the season. Hell yeah. It's kinda great. <laughs> <laughs> don't go to catholicgoods.com, by the way. I made that up. It's we probably a rest, uh, website, but not one that I can... We haven't vetted it. Hold on, let me see. I don't mind ruining my search history. It's already fucked. I, I researched for this show. Yeah. You said catholicgoods? Yeah, .com. Okay, I can't spell Catholic correctly. Good, good, good. Uh, it's okay. Uh, it, it just goes to a navy blue and white thing that's got links that says Catholic Religious Gifts. Catholic Gift Store. Catholic Store. Yeah, well, speaking of ruining your... Ser- history hi and welcome to blank bodies a vampire the masquerade v5 tabletop and horror podcast i'm your host hunter and as always i'm joined by i don't think that like searching us would put you on some sort of list but i'm john i know our research has definitely put me on a list okay yeah that's fair the other day i was just searching like the cost of blood per ounce (laughs) Mm -hmm. because of a conversation we had yeah uh (laughs) Unfortunately, due to LARP, I've spent an enormous amount of time re-researching and re as in I've done this research before, forgot it, had to research again, uh, the different strengths and uh, bodily effects of various uh, isotopes of uh, radioactive materials. Good. Yeah. Good. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. (laughs) Anyways, I'm Sarah. Yeah. (laughs) Look. I I find the hab- the hobby of collecting uh uranium glass and other like irradiated home goods to be absolutely fascinating. It's neat. Apparently, the most radioactive thing you can usually buy secondhand are watches and clocks that have the the, the radium paint. Mm, that makes like sense. those ones are super radioactive. So usually, uh, people who get those put those clocks in a glass container inside of the glass curio cabinet because cool. they're very spicy. That makes sense. Huh? Yeah, and it's just like oh. It's like, oh, oh. The, I, you'd think the glass would be a problem. Like, the glass is like, I mean, don't eat off of it because if you get, like, chips of it in you, then, like, you know, that's a problem. But, right. like, it's fine. Maybe don't sleep on it. And then the clocks, which a lot of them are alarm clocks. They would be just next to your bed or just making the Geiger counter go. <laughs> and you're like, oh. <laughs> that's not that's not a happy clock. That, that clock is spicy. <laughs> that's what it takes to wake me up in the morning. <laughs> Before you go, go. So wake me up. Uh, so I'm not going to read the bad pun I wrote because I wrote it when I was very tired. We Um, built this city. No, really. I spent a lot of time working on this, you guys. There we go. That's my dumb joke. We're talking about city building in uh, World of Darkness and Vampire the Masquerade. Hell yeah. Woo. Game fundamentals. Boop, boop, boop. Uh, since cities are basically the lifeblood of vampire society and it's potentially a character into of itself in your chronicle, we figured we should talk about that. I like that. So, yeah. Woo. Yeah. Good times. So we're going to be covering info on the importance of cities in your story, info on how to build cities, research sources for real life locations, uh, cheap and or free map making tools and optional homesteading rules from the Chicago by Night book. 
for the V5. Because there's two versions of Chicago by Night. Well, there's Chicago by Night 1 and then Chicago Night by 2 in Old World and now there's Chicago by Night for V5. So. Thanks. Chicago's an important city in World of Darkness. As a Midwesterner, I'm weirdly proud of that. Yeah. You know, because... I, I, I love our East Coast brethren. They are good people, but God damn it. Chicago is an underutilized city, I feel like, in a lot of media. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Crazy a, shit happens in Chicago. It's a, it is a fun and cool city. I love going. It's also the look of Gotham City. Mm-hmm. I found out by accident when I went and couldn't find parking, and then I found out they had closed large chunks of the city to film like extra shots for the batman movies oh yeah it wasn't like the christopher nolan batman shot in chicago mostly uh all the most the exterior shots mm-hmm. where then there's some other locations where they wanted specific buildings i think in new york which is funny because gotham is in new jersey in dc comics but they made it look like chicago i don't i don't know it's thoughts things that happened uh, but yeah, so content warning is just normal World of Darkness stuff. This is also a relaxed fit episode. So, you know, you're, you're gird your loins for other topics later, I suppose. <laughs> you never know what we might get into. <sighs> Probably corn. Stop it. <laughs> That'll be later. <laughs> that is a later problem. Uh, but yeah, most, most of our sources will be from the V5 core book and Chicago by night. So getting into it as we like to start. And by we, I mean me. What is a city? Uh, it's a human... Or what is a city? It's a, a city is a human settlement of a notable size. And that's from the Penguin Dictionary of Human Discog- or Geography. I almost said discography. <laughs> it's from the Penguin's discography. You know, I would love to get the playlist of music listened to by the Penguin as per Danny DeVito. I don't know. I feel like that could be either a lot of cool bops or a lot of just like very cursed clown i don't core. like this yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like it's just a lot of like hurdy-gurdy like circus music or he's got like the fattest like underground rap records because <laughs> he just hangs out underneath all the clubs yes so either he's on it he's, he's got the pulse of the city and the youth or he is just absolutely just the worst See, i feel like it'd be all show tunes he's got a show tunes vibe in that movie oh yeah no all. there'll be some musicals in there like there there, there will be a phantom in the opera mixed in Absolutely. I was thinking something a little more jaunty than Phantom of the Opera. Like Xanadu? He's got a real top hat. Mm. I'm thinking like My Fair Lady or The Music Man. Oh, mm. yeah. It's a lot of pinstripes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I would, see it. Got a lot of guys and dolls. Yeah, no, I can see that. But yeah, a city, if you can understand my mush mouth, is a, is a human settlement of notable size from the Penguin Dictionary of Human Geography. Yes, and there's also the slightly better, I thought, definition of a permanent and densely settled place with administratively defined boundaries whose members work primarily on non-agricultural tasks from the Encyclopedia of the City. I actually spent like 45 minutes trying to find a good definition of a city because almost every dictionary defines a city as uh, a location that's larger than a town. Thanks. And I was like, that's literally the worst but a city is also a town Uh, townsville uh but yeah so with that being an understanding of what a city is why the fuck do they matter for your games uh because usually they take place in cities true usually usually you can if you want to set your game in uh, not a city you can do that i infamously have been trying to run a chronicle based on not cities 
for uh, ages, and it's been so hard to get this fucker off the ground. I am ready. I know you are, buddy. I know. Well, I got laid off, so <laughs> hopefully I'll have more time to actually run to be a person now. So, you know. Woo-hoo! Oh, no. Yay. Yay, capitalism. But uh, <laughs> there is a quote from the book, if either of you want to read it. <laughs> you get this one. Uh-oh. <clears throat> the city has two key functions in your game. The first, obviously, the city acts as a large stage on which everything happens. The second, the city provides a thousand reasons for for player and storyteller con- uh, characters to want something. That's from the core book, specifically page three one seven. Yeah. That's the area code of Indianapolis. It is. Sorry. Yeah, it's our area code. Three one seven. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there is a weird amount of merch in Indianapolis that has the area code. Yeah, I, people are really into it. I don't know why. Like the local website that has all the shows happening is just mm-hmm. do three one seven. There's a bunch of three one seven shit. Mm-hmm. There's a handmade craft store in the mall that's just like woodcuts of Indiana. Three one seven. Sure. <laughs> I think I don't think that's an Indiana thing. I think it's just a weird thing that happens everywhere that we don't acknowledge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do spend most of my time in the city, so that's just kind of my point of reference. So, but yeah, uh, basically, if you are trying to come up with a story and game thing, uh, having a city that players can interact with and affect is literally going to be most of your fucking story. So the city is important. <laughs> Yeah, it's like if you take a, a, a coterie and you just plop them in the middle of a sandbox, but it's just a sandbox. There's nothing to do. Right. And there's also, you can even take the same coterie and move them to a different city. And because each different city is going to have a different vibe and different sets of problems and different sets of NPCs that could completely and radically change how your chronicle is going to go. Yeah. So, you know, those are fun aspects of it. Uh <laughs> Yeah, but that's why it's important. Going forward, uh, how does one build a city? Um, a lot of brick and mortar. All right. So funnily enough, so the section for cities in the core book starts on page three one seven. Hell oh. yeah, Mail- building a city on three one seven. We sound so. Is that going somewhere? Was that said? Was that going somewhere? Is that it? That was about it. it. Okay, cool. It had just enough gas to get where it needed to go. Yeah, and that was it precisely. (laughs) But yeah, so whole section in the book on cities and various things of note to pay attention to and guide and ideas. So uh, there is a little blurb on page three thirty on the quick start city. There's not a whole lot of info in it, but it gives you a little, like, guide for babies first trying to do a city thing. So step one is choose a city. San Antonio. Oh, I can't. You only said that because I'm going to be going there soon. Yeah, we mentioned it recently, yeah. so it's in my head. My first, uh, uh, actually, the first one that popped in my head was San Diego, but then we were talking because I read head in the script, and then I, it changed to San Antonio. <laughs> Muncie, Indiana. Yeah, that's uh, Muncie. Why Muncie? <laughs> Ugh. Everyone calls it funsy for a reason. No, they who? All the meth. <laughs> who calls it funsy? People that like meth. A lot of people sarcastically. Really? Yeah. yeah. I have not. You've never heard of good old funsy Muncie Indiana? Funsy. No. Oh boy. I I have the weird I we've I have discussed this. I have the weird problem of yes, I was born in Indiana, but I'm literally an anchor baby. So it was like shipped my mother here, had me fucked off back to the UK. 
So, like, there's just a lot of weird Indiana Hoosierisms that I just fucking have no idea about, and I'm still learning about them in my mid-30s. I should know this shit by now. It's also one of the things where I know you live, grew up closer to there than me, but I have mm-hmm. some other friends from Muncie, and I feel like it's mostly people from Muncie who call it that. Okay, that makes mm-hmm. more sense. I was and, just like, is this just an Indiana thing? Anyways. I think it's largely Muncie people making fun of their shitty little town. Valid. You know what? Fair, and I respect that. It's a lot like Bloomington, though, where it's like a college town, and then oh. there's just, like, corn. Yeah, yeah, because being in that area, just, I do I do really enjoy that on, I, on IU campus, even though it's a Big Ten college and it's party town, uh, they do sell merch that says dry campus, because IU is technically on the books a dry campus, but it absolutely in practice is not. No. <laughs> there are bars on co- the college campus. Yeah. I used to steal so much liquor from France, but we're gonna skip over that so one once you've picked your city step two pick a milieu uh start with locations uh in districts figure out how the kindred affect things there and know how your story's themes are going to manifest there so this would be kind of like we played a game that was set in chicago Mm -hmm. and we used some of the chicago book but we kind of did our own thing too Mm -hmm. um and sarah actually had a map of chicago and we like picked locations where kindred around and we kind of got to make decisions about things that happen there around our place a little bit yeah i i was the psycho because this was also during the height of the panini where i strategically screenshot a gigantic map of chicago in the chicagoland area and then would pull portions of it out depending on how important it was for what you guys were doing in the game and let you guys like pick locations and we'd mark things on the map as you discovered bars and other people's havens and shit and it ended up being a really fun project but that map is so fucking huge it's big it's like the st version i have is like twenty five thousand pixels by twenty five thousand pixels. it's fucking huge <laughs> i don't regret it but i it, mm. it's starting to look like a like a cd project red game yeah with all the it really things is. all over the map it really is i even like went so far as to take a train map from the last time i went to chicago and integrate parts of that map into the big map and just it was its own secret like hidden layer oh god anyway <laughs> we're gonna ignore my 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 projects moving on uh step three insert your chronicle oh step four meet the neighbors step five start the game that's the quick start guide for cities in the book. It's not very descriptive or helpful, but yeah. you know, I mean, it's a good starting framework on figuring out what you're doing, I think, which is why it's kind of like in there after they do the sections describing theme and tone and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So it's like, eh, kind of helpful, but not really. Uh, there is a uh, selection from the Your City by Night that I thought was particularly actually helpful. I don't know if either of you want to read it or if you want me to. We both sure. read one. Ah. It's your turn. Oh my God, it's my turn. Oh, it's a big boy. <laughs> a city's first job in Vampire is to facilitate play, reinforce the mood and atmosphere you're after, and alter the play dramatic in new ways. Or, all right, alter the... And alter the play dynamic in new ways. As mentioned earlier, this is a world of darkness. This is not flattering. Uh, No city looks good through the cracked and smoky lens of this game. Even when a city is beautiful, it is high contrast and washed out, fogged by rain and the sparkling light of broken glass. Pretty the way bare and beaten wood beneath waterlogged old wallpaper is. So, uh, generally, because this is a world of darkness game, you're going to be kind of doing more the the CD 
uh, spooky, ooky uh, versions of whatever location you're doing. Just just pick a horror uh, filter and just this slap it. This city's full of darkness. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting because while I do agree with that, I feel like it does mm. kind of go against what a lot of people, I think, vision when they think vampire. Mm-hmm. Like specifically like... Think like opulent. Oh. But opulence and like fancy Elysiums and high art galleries. And you can still give them kind of that vibe, but I do think having that there is a lot of games that i've played in or watched where it is a lot of just like very high society very nice you can do high society and nice and still have the horror filter on it because there's uh, i find when trying to figure out how you're wanting to build a city or how you're planning it especially when you're talking with your players on how you want the game to go using movies for reference checkpoints is super fucking helpful Because, yeah, I've been in a lot of games where there's a lot of high society stuff, but it ends up being very eyes wide shut where it is a horror setting, but it's also very like dreamlike. And there's also just a lot of like very corrupt and seedy things happening while in these like really gorgeous settings and locations. Uh, Another one that would be kind of in this vein is like the Neon Demon. You're in a lot of places that are like affluent and high society because the movie's about models in L.A. So you're in a lot of gorgeous locations surrounded by beautiful people, but while terrible awful things are happening yeah that's fair see maybe it's because i mostly run hunter mm-hmm. um in world of darkness when i've ran stuff but i personally like to keep things a little more on the normal side mm-hmm. because i think part of it is you know them discovering oh there's monsters here and having to confront that and when the whole setting is just like dark and bleak it's like what are we even fighting for it is a little de- can be a little de-incentivizing so i think having some the game likes to say everything's evil and bleak and gross, but I think having like nice places, even if they're not their touchstone, like legitimately, they're just like you guys have a nice diner to go grab a bite to eat, or like mm-hmm. you have a nice house that you share, or something like that, can really make a big difference. I wouldn't go mm-hmm. too hard into the like. Yeah, because like even in movies where everything is really dark and bleak, like in Seven, like Seven gets referenced a lot as a, a point of inspiration in various World of Darkness like books, like even in the literature. There's even points in Seven where they're, like, in the apartments having dinner or they're in the library where things are, like, really chill and kind of nice. So if you want your horror impacts to actually be impactful, you have to give breaks. Otherwise, it's just you just get plot fatigue. So keep that in mind when you're building your cities. Give them a park or a fountain. I don't know. Just players are strange and they'll get emotionally attached and pack bond to the weirdest shit that you will never expect. And just let them do it. Yes, and that. Weaponize it. <laughs> Gaslight your friends for fun. That's what this hobby is, really. We're gaslighting each With other for consent. fun. With consent. Yes. We are We are agreeing to do that. Uh, but yeah, so that, that was something I thought was of good note, especially if... Uh, I know there's a lot of players that are used to or coming from like Dungeons and Dragons, and there's a certain level of fantasy city building that everybody's kind of used to. It's very like tolkien uh, you can come at World of Darkness city building with a different creative lens and you can kind of explore different aspects of things and uh, you have the room to do that here. So go for it. Not everything has to be the jaunty warm tavern. You can do the neon drenched like weird little strip club or if you want to do an occult bookshop or uh, penthouses. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of warehouses. Warehouses is a big one. Fuck it. Every, big one. every game one. has a fucking warehouse scene. And vampire, I have I cannot think of a vampire campaign I've been in in the past 
five, six years where there was not at least one warehouse scene. Yeah, I can't either. <laughs> oh, God. It's just, oh, it's the audio clip of Lady Gaga, but instead of nightclub, it's just warehouse, warehouse, shots, <laughs> another warehouse. Uh, which, yeah, does get into uh, another section on the cities called Atmosphere. So I got a quote if anybody wants to read. Yeah, I'll do this one. Yeah. What does your city feel like? This ties very closely to the question of what kind of chronicle you're running. Ideally, the city supports the themes and ideas of your game, providing the appropriate backdrop to the dramatic action. You can approach this in two ways. Take an existing city that has the right atmosphere and impose the feeling you want on any city or sorry or impose the feeling you want on any city you choose yeah so what oh did you have a question i'm stretching Ah, uh, you're you're a tired hikey boy muscles had a question yes <laughs> so this is a good and bad thing because one you know this is a make em up game you can kind of do whatever you want uh also because you're using real world locations a lot of times for World of Darkness, because it's an AU of our timeline. Uh, d- d- do things within bounds of reason, please. And mm-hmm. I, I suppose I would say if you're playing with your friends and you're not going to be releasing it or anything, you can do what you imagine that Texas or Southern Florida or whatever is like in your heads and just run with that game. Mm-hmm. If you are planning on recording and releasing something that takes place in a place you've never been, Go watch some YouTube videos or look it up a little bit. Go do, I would say do a bit more research because, hey guys, we have the fun of the internet. Yeah. Like you can, you can find travel blog people that go to all of these really cool fucking locations. Um, Odds are Anthony Bourdain's been there. You can find an episode of No Reservations. And all of those are, honestly, I use that as a storytelling research for cities all the time. And diners, dive-ins, and drives. Yes, that that one not as much, but yeah, no, like... uh, That's your fault. (sighs) I'm just saying, Bourdain's got better hookups. I think it's true, unless... uh, I don't know, I don't know. I think Mm. Guy has, like, his tendrils in some spots that... Guy's really good for, like, Americana, like, in in continental U.S., like, he's got some pretty good hookups. For sure. But if you're just talking, like, in a more worldly aspect, I'm oh, like, most oh, yeah. oh, yeah, oh, yeah, no, hands down, Bourdain. Well, I mean, um, I don't think that's a fair comparison because they're going for two very different things. No, that's for sure. I'm just saying, depending on the vibe or the atmosphere you're going for, you have options. Maybe watch both. Maybe watch both. <laughs> <laughs> He's. I was trying to keep us from Flavortown, everybody, and it was just not happening. Or, you know, happen. something not about food. <laughs> That your vampires aren't going to be eating anyway. <laughs> they can run a restaurant. But they'll never taste. No. And that's part of the tragedy of it. But, yeah. Um, they just got their fourth fourth Michelin star. And they've never been able to taste their own food. Oh, that's... Ba, ba, ba. I, I love the fuck out of that as a storyteller. But <laughs> that's a me thing. Um, but, yeah. There's... Yeah. And there's also just, like, even within... Uh, your own country and even within representing cities that you actively live in cities are big and have lots of people from all sorts of backgrounds and there's no way you're gonna fully understand everybody's perspective all of the time so you know using this as an opportunity to learn about other people is a good thing to do boop 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 yes don't accidentally a racism please that's that's all i'm asking because yeah i think it's great to be able to be like hey what if i uh ran this city but through this filter of a genre that is fun to do but you know that can 
especially because a lot of people are getting into streaming their uh, chronicles and doing uh, LARPs now through digital means. It is very easy to put your own foot in your fucking mouth because you're just like, well, I read the Wikipedia. It's fine. And I'm like, nobody, no, you need to, you need to actually understand. And there's a lot of cities that I think a lot of Americans forget about that have thousands of years of history and cultural context <laughs> that we don't have over here on certain places. And people just forget about that shit. And I'm like, Ooh, bud. Oh, okay. That was a, that was a bold choice you made my friend, but okay. So yeah. That's just, uh, you know, uh, also uh, being sure that the themes for the Chronicle that you want to run are things that the players are going to want to engage with is also good. Because if you want to run a uh, From Dusk Till Dawn yeehaw silly game and the characters uh, and the players are not going to want to engage with that, maybe don't don't build the titty twister in your city. <laughs> yeah. Because then you're just like, I'm spending all this time making this really cool location that uh, no one's going to fuck with because that would suck. That would be a bummer. That's always a bummer. Uh, and then, uh, big, I feel like this is a conversation I end up with in vampire games, every game, much like the, so we go to a warehouse, which is population size and ratio. Uh, did you want to read that or did you want to read it? A single farming vampire, that's quote unquote farming vampire needs an absolute minimum of 30 mortals to feed from, to avoid anemia and other debilities to their herd. Uh, but the masquerade is much uh, is a much bigger problem whoop, when dealing with small with fuck with dealing with that small herds. Let me go back here. Oh, you're good. <clears throat> a single farming vampire needs an absolute minimum of thirty mortals to feed from to avoid an anemia and other debilities to their herd. But the masquerade is a much bigger problem when dealing with that small herds. A hunting population, quote-unquote, should be at minimum two orders of magnitude larger, closer to 3,000 mortals per vampire, to conceal their depredations in the red noise of conventional murders, uh, cruelties, and disappearances. Thus, a coterie of three to five vampires should have, at minimum, a domain of 10,000 people. That is also in the core book, but it's not on the same page. It's 324 this time. Yeah. So uh, you can, as a tr game troop and storyteller, agree to explore themes and chronicles with having much more or much less people. But uh, the, this section of the book involving population size does have and uh, vampire uh, parasitism is also next their segment that has optional rules to keep in mind for if you have more vampires in your city than what this rough guesstimate of humans, if that ratio gets out of whack, uh, uh, minuses and difficulty issues that are going to start arising with like increased police presence or uh, it's going to be harder for you to hunt because all the mortals are aware there's like a violence problem. So they're starting to arm themselves or... You're starting to draw attention from uh, Justicars or Archons mm. because your city's fucking around and now they're sending people to like keep an eye on you because no, no. Yeah. Don't so, be dumb. Don't, don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. And if you're unsure of like what city you'd want to run a Chronicle in, having an idea of like how big the Coterie itself is going to be and then having a rough idea of how many NPCs they are going to want to engage with can adjust uh, which cities you're going to look at, or if you end up picking a city that is on the smaller side, you're probably going to have less NPCs that live in town. So you might end up having more contacts out of the city. Or if you're in a really big city, you might have 
a never-ending stream of fucking NPCs you can just pull out of a goddamn hat. So, things to keep in mind when you're building, because if you're somebody that doesn't want to deal with a giant closet of NPCs, you might want to pick a smaller city. Yeah. Or build a smaller city. But if you're somebody that's like, I want to do all the voices. <laughs> all the time. I have many hats. Then, yeah, go go for New York. Fuck it. Like, right. just, just have never-ending a can-can line full of just NPCs. So... And you also, if you want to play the game on hard mode, there are rules in this segment. If you want to play on hard mode, we're just like, all right, you can hunt, but like you can only have so many humans per night. Otherwise, you know, the difficulty thing, or you're going to have a a GTA style uh, red alert where it's like, well, the city has decreed because of population problems. Everybody can only do like one or two feedings a night. And if you go beyond that, it's going to like bump up your star rating. And Mm -hmm. then the second acquisition is going to show up or something it's generates plot. Right. So, hooray. Tension. Tension. I'm stretching. Oh, okay. Now. It's my turn. It's stretchy, boy. Muscle questions. Yes. So, uh, I have found the best way to deal with cities is building districts. And there is a districts section also in the cities section of the book. Nice. So, uh, when the players believe in and understand their city, their characters battle for territory or search for safety takes on interest and dimension. To enable this, break the city down into manageable district parts that each have their own separate characteristics. This is in core book, page 332. To me, this is pretty instinctive, but Mm -hmm. I think it is a really good starting point Mm -hmm. um, for building out your city. I mean, even if you... I feel like a lot of, even if they're marked or not, like in Indianapolis, there are like actual districts and then there are districts that people have kind of invented that don't really exist on a map when you Mm -hmm. discuss the city. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's true in like Chicago, like there's actually like a Chinatown, it's in, it's in lore and -hmm. it actually exists where it's just like a huge Asian community and they have a ton of restaurants and Chinatown in Chicago fucking slaps. It's cool. It's super fucking cool. There's a bunch of like traditional architecture, a bunch of great restaurants. Um, there's so many boba shops. There's so many boba shops. But, and a cool park. But yeah, if you're picking a real location, step one would probably just go look up all these different districts. Yeah, there's like tons of uh, tourist walking guide things. Um, I've ended up even for Chicago and I feel bad I forgot to uh, source this guy's name. There's a guy I found on TikTok that just does walking, digital walking tours of Chicago constantly. So he does live feeds and then he posts clips of him just exploring the city and talk about like historical districts, like old music venues, museums, like cool festivals and events that are happening constantly. And I'm just like, this is such a good fucking resource. That's neat. I haven't seen him go to the Bean either, which is great because mm-hmm. fuck going to that. I just, I just don't like the Bean. But I do like that the artist hates when you call it the Bean. Yeah, so that's, that's okay. the best part. <laughs> so you can call it the bean mm-hmm. that's fine wait yes. was it was it actually called uh, like i don't remember it's like dream cloud or something stupid like that i don't remember i i think the bean's a better name well it do be looking like a kidney bean it is just a giant steel kidney bean <laughs> but yeah it's good for your kidneys yeah and it's also just a good way to keep from overwhelming the storyteller and the troop where it's like okay cool we can start our chronicle in just this one segment of the city because in some recent experiences in playing a game set in New York City, I forget how fucking big it is. I just, it because of just media, it just doesn't cross my mind terribly often. But then I started looking at it and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. It's big both out and up. Yeah, like living in Indianapolis, like Indy is a physically big city, but 
population compared to size, it's really not that big. Mm -hmm. So like just being like, there's how much wear, but everything's with like, if you really just put on decent walking shoes, if you're in like one burrow, you could probably walk across it and be fine. But there's five of these fuckers and all of them are dense as fuck. And everybody is spicy because <laughs> they have things to do. Yep. So yeah, having, being able to compartmentalize things so that you can understand and get attached to things is good, which leads to my favorite thing we've done in V5, which is the fucking homesteading system in Chicago by night. It's cool. We it's, used it a lot. It's super helpful. Uh, so within any city, it is easy to become disoriented by the sheer magnitude of a population. Hundreds of thousands of individuals can make up a neighborhood. The amount of people moving on a single day is almost incomprehensible. It is nothing less than a cacophony of sound and motion. What you need to provide your players is the feeling that there are a million tiny things going on at once, which is in Chicago by night, page 54. Yeah. So good way to keep people from having decision overload, which I found happens a lot with players because we're all riddled with ADHD. We're just we're like, like, we can do anything, whatever I, I want. Yep. What do you want to do? Uh, Anything I want. Yep. Hit that guy with a sledgehammer. He looks like an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm a monster. It's like, yeah, do it. Now I'm going to roll on my random table of NPCs to decide who you hit. Because you didn't tell me who you was. You just said some guy. Some, that guy right there. Right over there. there. That is a nugget of a tiny thing you can do. Uh, yeah, so homesteading is an optional game system that allows for groups to give character structure and stats to various geographical areas, which is kind of nice. Uh, these spaces can be as small as a block or as large as the entire city. They give options for, uh, how big the homestead is. Okay. Uh, most of the homesteads that we did for our game were, uh, I used the canonical homestead set up in the Chicago by night book for the different, uh, like neighborhoods. And, and there's a bunch of pre-gen ones that are all fantastic. And then we did little homesteads for everybody's haven. So like the block that their haven lived on. So that was fun. It's really good for base building. Cause then it gets your your players super invested in their havens. Because they're like, oh, okay, it exists on this block. I know, like, a couple of, play like, NPC mortals that live in the area. And you know about something cool that exists in your neighborhood. I think, yeah, I like the idea of giving a homestead to any player who creates a haven. Because it does give a lot more character to the area around it. It's not like, here's this very detailed sketch of a building and next to it, nothing. <laughs> yeah, and it's also kind of fun because we based your guys' homesteads on... <laughs> I just Google mapped the area of the city you guys put your home, like your havens in. And I was just like, oh, hey, some of you had a union headquarters that just exists in the real world at that location. So I was like, cool. So you have a local union building in the area. Somebody else had like a garage and somebody else had a bar that was kind of cool that just exists. And I was like, oh, cool. I just learned things. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. Or you can just make shit up. Fuck it. <laughs> no, I, I'm all for whatever makes things easier. Uh, so each homestead exists on a trait scale from zero to 20 points. These points represent the total quality of the area that it represents. Uh, homestead traits, uh, there's a chart on page 55 that gives a good guideline for the kind of bonuses and minuses that an area will grant characters when they exist in that space. Further along in that segment, there's uh, actual examples of the various types of homesteads and sample builds. So you can kind of base things off of that. And this will also give some in 
information and uh, examples for various like special locations or NPCs of note in the area. So you can build out like a couple of mortals that aren't touchstones, but they're just people in the area that you can be like, oh, yeah, no, there's Kathy that works at the bodega. Oh, there's John that works at the bar. There's a kid that busks on the corner. So just free and easy ways to build NPCs that the party can get attached to and they can become touchstones later if you want. Or you can just make it a touchstone. That's that's fun. That, that Nothing bad will come from that. He's been going by wagon wheel recently. <laughs> oh, so he's real early in. The oh, game. shit. Yeah. Oh, no, you, you have adopted him. <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, so basically because of the way the, the, the trait points are pulled out, the more homestead trait points you have, the better health or quality the area is. That's kind of the rough play of this. Uh, each homestead point pool is based on four different aspects. Each aspect represents the character of the area on a scale from zero to five. So however you scale these four aspects, you add that all together. That's the homestead trait pool. Boop, boop. So the four aspects are affair, which is the financial health of the area. So that could just be businesses, buildings that are being up for rent. Um, does the homestead happen in a financial district? Is it in the hood? Is it in a factory area? Tons of options. Is it right. is it the pier? Mm. <laughs> and, so does mm. for financial health, does that count uh, when you think of extra legal income? Yes, I would count that as that. You can discuss with the table what you guys count as the financial health or income or okay. how much money is getting moved in the area or how much karma is because, well... An area might look really rough and sketch on the outside if there's a lot of uh, small businesses or underground things or a drug trade or what have you. You could argue that that adds to the affair of the area, even though it doesn't look great to uh, people from the suburbs. So you'd put like 20 of these points in uh, that for the pier. Uh, well, I can't got, put 20. I could put five. We got to put 20. Sorry, because it's the pier. The scale goes from zero to 20. <laughs> yeah. Well. So <laughs> I I have I have home ruled for myself that I kind of scale those zero through five, kind of how the resource dots are scaled roughly. Mm -hmm. So just to kind of keep things straight in my head. But the book doesn't say explicitly to do that. That's just kind of how I do it. Makes sense. Um. So association is the next one. It is the connection of the area to the wider region and the reputations within. Hmm. So uh, is the area well connected by, are there bus routes? Is there trains? Is there walking paths? Is it easy to drive in and out of? Uh, and also do people in the area think the place is cool? Does it have scooters? Mm -hmm. Are there scooters? Are there rent-a-bikes? Um, are those uh, pedal bu bars? Mm -hmm. I hate those so I hate, fucking much. Yeah. I fucking hate yeah, they're terrible. Um, but, those would, so those would lower the association. Yeah, that would lower <laughs> yeah. it for me. But like, does the area have like uh, a cafe people talk about going to? Are there shops that people are like, oh, yeah, no, let's go to this area. There's a school. brunch spot down here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's a, you know, there's a cool museum. There's a arcade bar. Oh, yeah, I want to go here because an influencer I know went and bought, shopped at in this area. I should go here. There's tons of different ways to kind of flavor this. Neat record store. I heard this celebrity lives in this area, you know. I heard you could get a real good hot dog. Hell yeah. 
Get them dogs. Over there on that cart. Dirty Some, water dog. Sometimes I just think about the house, the last house we all lived together, because there's mm-hmm. that guy, Garcia's dogs. Yeah. He's, oh, yeah. he's still selling his dogs on that he same do corner. Be, dude, they've like built out. Like, really? Every time they, I go past there now, instead of just having the one guy with his hot dog cart with the big umbrella, there's like a pop-up tent now, and he's got a helper. Nice. Like, they're building it out now, and I'm just like, girl, get it. I need to get me another Garcia dog Dude, or the two. Garcia dog slap. There's also more taco trucks in the area now. Oh, yeah. Damn, why, why wasn't there, that were there when we lived there? Because everybody was broke as hell. That's true. <laughs> uh, the hustle is getting more intense. So, yeah, that's that, that's hopefully a good representation for association. You could also have negative associations. They're like, oh, I heard people get mugged in, in this area. In that case, you'd be guilty by association puns and then there's clout which is the physical size security and prestige of the area so it's like do you have cool historical buildings do you have big skyscrapers is the amount of area just fucking large you got uh, a real cool cathedral mm-hmm. so it's like you could technically have a small land mass but if you have buildings of note that would bring the prestige up or you could have a huge area with like fucking nothing on it <laughs> There's places like that in Indianapolis. We have places yeah. like that yeah. where it's just acres, just acres of just like bulldozed fucking factories, and they're just kind of like it's just these are all just gravel parking lots for several blocks. I mean, there's weeds. even there's even spots like that in Chicago, mm-hmm. where you just see like fenced-in lot that's like grow overgrown with weeds, and like mm-hmm. that used to be something, and now it's just three empty city blocks. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, And then the last one is utility, which is the infrastructure and the ecology of the area. And I'm including that because the book notes um, you could have an area where there's a lot of decent infrastructure uh, because there are factories. But you might argue that because the factories are creating pollution, that it brings the utility down because it's poisoning people. I want to have a... What if it's a poison factory, though? Uh, That's that's where you're going to find... That's where you're going to find mucks. <laughs> that's going to find gasleys. Well, uh, no, you find the gasleys later. I think you're thinking Weezer. Weezer, that's Weezer's, what I was thinking. Yeah. <sighs> I want um, mine to be have the water treatment plant on it. I would argue that brings the utility up. Hell yeah. Yeah. So I... I'm I, in control of the water source. Yeah, I I would like to, because I am that kind of nerd, uh, encourage characters to think about like how clean or dirty your city is going to be. That's kind of where utility kind of kicks in for the homesteads, where it's like, do people in your area give a fuck about the lawns being mowed? Do they care about trash getting picked up? Are the roads repaired? That affects the character of the area a lot. Is there smog? <laughs> do you keep getting smudged by Canada? Mm. I'm not mad at you, Canada, specifically, but God damn it. <laughs> we get it you smoke <laughs> no hopefully the wildfire should calm the fuck down but jesus christ so yeah between yeah so between a fair association clout and utility you spend a rating between zero and five on each of those and that gives your homestead trait rating which adjusts the bonuses and minuses you can set for the area and you guys discuss what the bonuses and minuses are. And it kind of just depends on the feel of the district. So you can have places that are super bustly and super social. So you give bonuses to like etiquette or performance or whatever. Or it's like a chill area with a park. So you get bonuses to resist frenzy or uh, bonuses to like animalism. The world is your oyster. You can kind of decide. And you also have just weird negatives where it's like, 
it's too noisy, so everything's uh, wits and awareness rolls are at a minus two. You know, tons of options. It's been flooded with pigeons. There's so many pigeons. Animal empathy is at a minus one because you are just at your wits end with all these pigeons. There's too many Nosferatu that all have that one flaw, and they're combining together to create a hyper flock of just gross, so many pigeons. misshapen pigeons. Because that's how bad the fucking bane is now with these Nosferatu. It's affecting the pigeons, and you're just getting these weird little Quasimodo pigeons. It's the worst. And you're just like, buddy, he's got a club foot. I've seen that. Clubfoot pigeon? Yeah, where it's like oh, normal yeah. foot and then a peg leg. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't give a fuck getting that bread. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> they don't give two fucks. <laughs> they don't even give a single one, actually. <sighs> Damn. I have never seen a pigeon give a single fuck. Have you? I don't observe pigeons that often. Mm. Mm. The only time I've seen a pigeon give a fuck is when I've tried to pick one up to bring it home with me. Well, okay, yeah, I guess yeah. that's fair. Because possums, usually I can just pick those fuckers up and just take them with me. Pigeons, they got ups, and I don't, so I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck. You're technically domesticated, and we abandoned you. I'm trying to make it, let me be your friend. And they are not having it. I found a raccoon in a trash can on my camping trip. How'd that go? We got him out. Okay, good. I tried for a little while on my own, but I didn't really have anything to mm-hmm. assist in this. Except these welding gloves. They're like heavy, like Kevlar welding gloves. And I was like, I'll put these on. I'm glad maybe... you brought those camping. Well, they were just in my car. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I'll put these. Well, hold on. Let's see. And I kind of reached down with one. My hand was not in it because I was like, I don't want to risk. Mm-hmm. These are meant for welding. I don't know how puncture resistant they are, right? So Valid. Like stick my stick there down there. Little homie was not having it. He looked real cute and curious. He was like big eyes, little hands up, like oh I'm cute and curious. And then he's just like and I'm fucking it up. And he like tries to grab it and he like snarled a whole bunch. And I was like whoa okay little dude all right all right. Well I'll put my camp chair in there. I put mm-hmm. my camp chair in this dumpster. And then I went to the other side and I was kind of trying to like spook him to run up onto the camp chair and jump out. Mm-hmm. Wasn't having that. And the DNR came around and was like, is there a raccoon in there? And I was like, yeah, I gave him my camp chair, but he won't use it. And they were like, we'll get a stick. <laughs> and this guy walks You guys over. are in the woods. There are plenty of large sticks. This guy, apparently they already had one that they had just thrown back into the woods. This guy like walked into the woods, immediately came out with this like part of a branch. He comes over and he opens up the trash can. He puts it in there and he goes, you can just take your camp chair and i was like cool i took my chair we all backed up and the little guy just right up this log jumped off and ran into the woods it's pretty cute that's pretty cute i might have taken a picture if i did i will post it (gasps) share it in the discord yeah we like we like friends so i would say at least the rough uh the blank body's rough discussion on building a city would be uh pick the vibe that you want and pick a city that goes with it and then break it up into little pieces and just have fun base building yeah I would even say if you're starting a new game, while it may not something that be something that continues mm-hmm. with them, you could just have each player be yeah. like, all right, you each get to pick one, flush it out, give them a little more investment in the city you're playing in. Mm-hmm. Even if their character doesn't know everything they decide, the player knows what they decide, and so they actually understand the setting a little bit. Yeah, it's a good way to get them at least to be like, your character knows this chunk very well. And that way, when other people interact... You have dialogue already to be like, ah, I can talk about this because I know blah, blah, blah. I dig that. I I like giving people little cookie points that they can go, I have a cookie. Share the cookie. I'm just like, fuck yeah, look at them. They're best friends now. All right. Hell yeah. How long until they hate each other? (laughs) Or are they friends forever? Uh, It's going to be the second, first one. 
for a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be the second one for a real long time. But I mean, they're vampires. So, like, eventually it's going to be that first one. I don't know. One of them might die. That's true. true. And then you can't really hate them. Yeah. You can hate them for dying. Well, you have to live. It's true, yeah. That's the kind of vampire story you get to explore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and these same rules do work for if you want to build a city from scratch, because you don't have to use a canonical city. Um, I have found it is a pain in the ass to build an urban modern city from scratch. If you want to, God bless you. Um, I have, the one time I tried to do that, I gave up and I just stole various parts of other cities and then sandwiched it together with duct tape and just didn't tell anybody I did that. Yeah. And they're just like, wow, you're so creative. I'm like, mm-hmm, yep. That's happened. Yeah, I've, I've never done that. The most I've done is just looked up a real city. Yeah. And, and then added all the fake lore myself. But I've never, yeah. like, created America Town, USA or whatever. Yeah, pro strat. Um, find a city that is not from a native language that you or any of the players at the table speak, make a map that has no labels on it based on that city, and then just be like, this is fantasy Detroit, or whatever you're naming your fake city, Townsville. This is Townsville. They don't need to know this it's actually is... Madrid. <laughs> they don't need to know. <laughs> that's a good That's a good way to do that. I like that. Yeah, because then you're like, oh, fuck, I don't have to sit there and like plant all the trees and that. Some people fucking love that shit. I did look into for this episode using Ink Carnate. I don't know if you guys know that site. Yeah, it's, it's a map. It's really useful mm-hmm. for making dungeon maps. Like I like using it for small stuff. I can't imagine trying to make like a city map with it. Oh, dude, I've seen some really cool. Uh, there's people that post streams and their videos of building giant fantasy cities and incarnate and the different like because they have different like filters and different shapes of like trees and houses you can change the colors and it's a whole like sims-esque adventure of building out the city it's really fucking cool Hmm. i suppose you can technically use those same skills and just pretend there's cars like depending as long as you don't pick the super fantasy tolkien looking houses and buildings you could kind of get away with it or you can just have this fantasy map and just be like, this was made by one of the elders. He is from like fucking 1580 and he just will not stop drawing houses like this. I know that looks like a wizard tower. It's a cell phone tower. He's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the Malkavian map maker. Yeah. So, you know, use resources. But uh, there are uh, resources for cities pre-gen within Vampire the Masquerade 5th edition already. Yeah. So if you don't want to fuck with it... um. The Anarch and Camarilla source books have tons of plot hooks for tons of cities. Pretty much all of the books have some sort of fluff that will mention something about a, a city that exists in the canon. Fucking use them. Also, you can just take a lot of them and use them in other cities. Mm-hmm. Just do that. It's like, I know they said this happened in Berlin. What if it happened in Boulder, Colorado? And I'm like, done. Yep. Yeah. Frankfurt, Germany. Just yeah. move it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Vancouversville, Wisconsin. Mm. <laughs> what if this happened in Azerbaijan? Like, sure, yeah, go for it, man. Why I the don't fuck see why not? not? Um, if you want, there is the Chicago by Night, Chicago Folios, Let the Streets Run Red, Fall of London, Cult of the Blood Gods, and Trials of Ash and Bone. All have pre-generated canon cities with modules written out. So if you want to do smooth brain, no think, I'm gonna just run some shit. It's already there, girly pop. That's quite a few places. Yeah. And those are really good. I think almost all of this. Well, I don't know uh, Fall of London. I know that's a full long campaign, but for the mm-hmm. others, 
Um, those are all really good, like, setup adventures to, like, start a party out on with. And then you mm-hmm. can kind of build the city out from there and find out what they want to do. Yeah, I've been using Fall of London as a threat for this group of friends. Like, if you guys fuck up in Chicago too hard, I will po- I will finally crack the plastic wrap on my copy of Fall of London. Yeah. And you guys are getting on a plane. I specifically never read it. <laughs> I That's why I... We had it for a giveaway last time because it's like, I actually don't want to read this book because I want to play it someday. So <laughs> I passed it, hopefully pass it along to someone who's able to use it. But yeah, yeah I have to start fucking around, I guess. I mean, we were about I think we were planning an assault on a convoy our last game. So mm-hmm. that's you pretty are. fucking around. Yeah, I I had the planes ready. I was just like, if they fuck this up, time to crack it open. <laughs> who's ready to meet Mithras? Anyways, hey! uh. But continuing on with that, the Winter's Teeth comics have a storyline with lore sheets and NPCs and everything and plot for two cities. Minneapolis, St. Paul. They are two cities, but it's basically the same fucking city. But it's also not. Yes. Don't tell people there that I said that. (laughs) It's the Twin Cities. So, yeah, that not only do you have, like, plot and lore sheets from those comics, you have cool art and story. Or you can just, yeah, just grab that shit. Yeah, Winter's Teeth definitely worth it. There's lore sheets and new disciplines and mm-hmm. all kinds of weird random shit in the back of those each issue. And so. the art is so good. I think there's compendium books now, so you can just buy volume one, volume two. So if you I, don't want to buy the individuals. I have volume one. I haven't picked up volume two yet. I was waiting to get it and mm-hmm. then... By the time it came out, I forgot with my ADD brain to get part two. But yeah, but it exists. Um, also, there is Bloodlines and L.A. by Night. If you just want to run fucking Los Angeles, there's so much fucking shit there that's already pre-gened. You can just use that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chronicles uh, of New York, Shaz New York, Parliament of Knives are story RPG video games that have fully fleshed out cities with NPCs and plots that you can just use. Yeah. Yeah. Parliament Knives is really cool. It happens in Ottawa. Nice. Ottawa. I've only mm-hmm. played, was it Chronicles that comes first or Shadows? Chronicles and then Shadows has like, do you want to do Chronicles again, but there's La Sombra? <laughs> okay. So I only did, I played Chronicles. Mm-hmm. It was, I really liked it though. No, it's super good. I, I thoroughly recommend all of those. They're super fun. Uh, and then uh, Listener and uh, uh, the Keeper of uh, Book Things, Ash, recommended Damnation City. Uh, it is a book from the Chronicles of Darkness uh, series, but it is a book about generating cities for games. And I read, I, I, my brain hurts. That's probably not why I'm not speaking well for this episode, but because I crammed an entire book in like two hours. Mm. Uh, but there's a bunch of really good info on fleshing out a city, like particularly a modern urban night city with Tons of references to films, references to book. Like they pulled up Devil in the White City by Eric Larson as a source, which I was just like, Devil in the White City is a great source book if you want to get the vibe of building atmosphere for a city. It's great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Damnation City uh, has a lot of good uh, options for uh, putting bonuses and minuses and building up districts and having uh, options for people to get uh, things from certain uh sites and locations and a lot of it dovetails really nicely with the homesteading system so if you're trying to do a homesteading and you're confused on like good ideas to throw in for players if you get a copy of damnation city there's a bunch of shit in there to help with that super fucking recommend that book so thank you ash for pointing it out but you also hurt my brain (laughs) so hooray um and cycling back with map making because i am a monster that enjoys maps and giving I'm players a things. Map. I'm a map. 
you're the map. Skip or no skipping? Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, all right. That's easy to do. Peace. He's, he's a little knackered. Yeah. Uh, but um, to avoid people doing the psychotic thing I did of screenshotting Google Maps repeatedly, um, I found a website. It is called Snazzy Maps. Ooh, Snazzy. It is a website that allows you to generate maps based on various cities all across the globe. It is powered through Google Maps, so you're going to actually get actual, like, correct locations for roads and buildings and all that kind of shit. But it lets you pick various uh, styles mm-hmm. and, and, like, textures and whether or not the maps have labels or no labels and da 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 And you can pick colors and all sorts of crazy shit. And you can choose where in the world and zoom in and zoom out. And then you can download the image and now you have a map. That's That's awesome. So if you are in a pinch, I'm like, I very quickly clicked through thing and you can have a city map done and ready to go in like a minute. Nice. And it's all using open uh, licensing through the Creative Commons. So it is free to use. So if you are running... A live play stream and you want to like have a slide title to show maps of various locations in your city. This is free. If you just want to give your players a cool thing so that they can like pin it up on the wall and then write their locations and things on the city while they're playing their game to build things up. This is free and you can print it wherever. So hooray. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Props. Props. I fucking love a prop. Props are good shit. Props are great. Scares the shit out of people sometimes. You just hand them something. They're yeah. Like, I didn't. I didn't expect to be handed things. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, I s- just giving somebody a scroll <laughs> in the middle of the game. <laughs> There's a lot of shit from like D and D city building. I have found you could just kind of plop over. Especially if you're talking to somebody old. Yeah. Um. Oh no. But yeah. Uh. I found in trying to research and write this episode a lot. I read a bunch of walkthroughs i read everything about city building and for v5 i watched a bunch of fucking tutorials on city building for urban environments and uh yeah it's <laughs> a lot of it kind of repeated itself so i didn't feel the need to get super involved it's just kind of like yeah does everybody agree kind of vibes and themes and uh pick a location do your research don't be a dick especially because they're real world locations um especially because some cities are extraordinarily spicy yeah yeah like i also mm -hmm. like the advice of like think about a movie Mm -hmm. if you want to be like you know tim burton's batman gotham city Mm -hmm. that's the place yeah then you know you can make sure to flavor your city that way it's just good advice yeah like that's a good kind of good also like there's comics that you know Mm -hmm. have like sin city i think is like another fun comic to like pull ideas from um i really like from hell by alan moore for like really getting into the vibe and intensity of like how a city can affect the plot and all that kind of stuff um but that's a thick read so if you don't want to spend that kind of time i don't blame you it is a lot (laughs) see me my lazy ass um was actually Mm going to suggest I know we talk about like session zero doing like consent mm-hmm. and like talking about like party cohesion, like, oh, I'm the barbarian, I'm the healer, I'm this, that, or whatever. I think even doing a session like 0.5 or a session one that's not actually playing, just sitting down and be like, all right, so these are your havens. Like we talked in a havens episode, maybe just give everyone at least a dot or two in havens. And with that, give them some area around it, like sit down and actually build the city out together a little bit. Yeah. I think that would be really great for everyone as a way to come to come together, make your game. Like you can set down, like go to snazzy maps, get a map of your city and be like, all right, well 
you have your havens here so you circle an area and be like you get to tell me about this area and you get to tell me about what's going on here and you can leave plenty of space as an st to do whatever the fuck you want and you can fill in all the gaps of the information they don't give you but like just giving your players that little bit of like let's do this oh yeah um another resource i forgot to mention on the uh, script but i enjoy uh not just bikes does a lot of really good little video essays about like urban infrastructure and planning. So if you just kind of want to get a understanding on various ways the city can just like physically move about, that's a good one. But uh, so depending on what kind of city your players want, that might be a good resource being like, hey, uh, we live in a place where everything is car centric. And now we're in a city where there's like a bunch of subways and buses. Uh, here's this. But to yes and what Hunter was saying, yeah, I part of building a relationship map especially for people that invested in haven dots or they have resource or influence dots enough to just be like yeah you have a two dot haven with that whatever that would be a fun time to do like hey if you want to do base building while we're all hanging out and we can all like work together to spitball ideas and you know somebody might have a haven with if you use the homesteading rules where their block has a business that maybe another player's touchstone works at. Now you guys have a connection or uh, somebody has access to a library on their domain that somebody else is going to be interested in. So that way you can start building character connections and just the plot will write itself. The plot will write itself. Yeah. I, I would definitely, though, make sure that every player, even the ones who don't invest in Havens, gets a little bit. And mm-hmm. then the Haven stuff just gives them a little more leeway or a little more space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because like we've had games where there's players that like didn't invest in a static haven because they made their haven like their vehicle or an RV. So I'm like, yeah, no, if you want to give me the specs on your car and every souped up thing you've done in your dad mobile, like, fuck yeah. Or I would even say I my uh, my current character vampire I'm playing Yannick lives in an RV and his um, feeding type is roadside killer. So if you had a player like that, I'd say, all right, you get to tell us about like what's going on on the outer rim of the city. What's going on out there? Like they get a bit wide area, but like tell us about what's going out on these like yeah. nowhere roads. and Or even for that, for Yannick, I might even suggest like let's, you and me plan out a homestead that is like a neighborhood or a district that is like your preferred like hunting area. Like, yeah, you travel all across the city, but there's like one chunk that you do particularly well in. So like you help me build that out. Yeah, that makes sense. Like there's tons of ways. Like even if you have the vampires, like I live in a hole in the ground. I'm like, cool. Where's your hole? Where does your hole exist? What is it next to? A fountain. <gasps> what kind of fountain is it? Like a big Art Deco fountain? Is it one of those modern ones that has like the water that just like burbles over some steps? A bunch of kids peeing. That doesn't change. I'm like, is it an old fountain that's like super fancy? <laughs> is it a fa- is it like a modern one that the kids are just like, it kind of looks like a dick. Let's pee on it. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's fancy. It's mm-hmm. fancy with like the cherubs that are peeing. Ah, and then the kids are just like, I see you, homie. Yeah. I'm matching energy. Mm-hmm. Cool. Do you protect the kids? Is there like a favorite one or do you hate them kids? They pee on my fountain. Ah, so you're fighting them. See, like there, right there. Just that alone can generate so much shit and yeah now you can just work on building a homestead that might be just like a city park where it's like yeah this character doesn't technically own it no they just live under it they, yeah but they've helped to like flesh out a chunk of the world and they get to now interact with it and that's a whole chunk of the city that you the st did not have to build on your own and burn your brain cells on Woo. Woo. things that make things easier for your storytellers so they can hurt you emotionally Woo-woo. Yes. So uh, that's my quip capsule uh, city building episode. Very good. I tried. (laughs) 
It was a lot of reading books and all the books saying the same four things over and over and over again. So I just decided to make you guys skip the six hours of reading I did yesterday. Ooh. I appreciate that. <laughs> Yay. I don't have to be get educated. Now uh -huh. I can think about how I want to turn Versailles, Indiana into a vampire city. I'm down. So um, I think their population is small enough that they are not technically a city. It's over 30 people. Yeah, I no, I think you just have a very small population of kindred. Yeah, very like one small. or two. Yeah. Uh, I did propose with uh, Hunter, uh, do we want to do an episode where we build out a little bit of a city? I mean, I'm into building cities. We built a city. exist on our itch at some point. I owe... <laughs> Yes. So uh, tune in next week for the citizens of Townsville. Exciting adventure of the Powerpuff Girls. The blank bo the, body. The blank. Oh, God. I just realized Hunter's kind of blonde. I'm a redhead and you have like dark brown. We. Oh, my God. I'm sassy. <laughs> Hunter being bubbles oh. makes so much sense. Though. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> I'm the prettiest girl at the ball. Mm-hmm. That's a damn nice kitty. <laughs> oh, wait. That, that's the wrong bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the same energy, though. Similar it really energy. is. Similar energy. <laughs> I'm so upset. I did this to me, though, which is the worst part. You think Bubbles from Powerpuff Girls likes Rush? I could see it. I could see it. I could see Bubbles getting white girl wasted and just screaming Rush lyrics. Anyways, uh, thanks, Paralyze, for the music. You're good people. They exist on the band camp. Yeah. Uh, I guess we still technically exist on Twitter. We're not calling it what Elon wants, because fuck him. Twixter. Twixter. I'd go for a Twix bar, though. Honestly? That would be good. That would be better than Twitter. Nah, um, but I but do we're post, still there. I do post about our ep new episodes there um, with less enthusiasm, but it does happen. Mm -hmm. um, I, I did also get us a Blue Sky Mm -hmm. at blank bodies i'm trying to figure out blue sky how's it going uh, it might not be the social media site for me or i may not be using it right who knows who knows we're we're learning we are building this city we're gonna do our best i mean we might also just watch it burn yes the ground much like twitter uh we do <laughs> exist on instagram at blank bodies pod we do have a tumblr at blank bodies pod we also have a TikTok at Blank Bodies Podcast. I'm trying to get better about doing interactions. Currently, I've just been VTM shitposting on Twitter with the cap cut edits. It's been fun. I enjoy it. I was about to ask. You having a good time? Yeah, no, I am. It's great. Uh, <laughs> I enjoy memeing with the kids. Uh, <laughs> so that's going on. Uh, we also have a Patreon, which, oh, God. We love you all, but God fucking damn it. Yeah, it happened. It happened. Yo, so <laughs> uh, I have to say, I believe 12 of our listeners pooled their money to buy a one-time purchase of the fucking corn tub tier. So it's happening, guys. We're dipping John. I'm getting corn tub. <laughs> He's getting corn dip. We ran into oh, some no. complications, but we're working on it. We're putting together a production schedule, and we'll give you guys more solid updates when the corn tub stream will actually happen because it has to happen now because we got paid. The yeah. tubbing. The tubbing. The tubbing commence. It will. With... 
It will happen before November. Our goal mm-hmm. is October. Yes, sometime during the spooky season where we might have other activities happening, which will be announced at, at the speed of Hunter's Plot. Basically. Yeah, um, I think I've kind of mentioned it. We have some bonuses coming in changes to our Patreon tier. We're not taking anything away. It will all be addition, um, not subtraction. But mm-hmm. we're, we're adding some bonuses, changing some things up there. Um, I've hinted enough, I think, that I can say that we are going to be doing a giveaway again for Halloween that we've been what? getting our goodies ready. Us give things away for spooky season. Yeah. It is, exactly. it is as John Com- Carpenter demanded. I like it. No. So we're it's going to be a big October for us. It's going to be a big October. I don't know. Croctober. We are not doing Croctober. Good. We're okay. going to we're kind of going to put him in a big crock. I guess a we are corn. putting him in a big crock. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to be crocked. You you are getting crocked, my guy. Uh, that's getting fine. corn crocked. If you wish to participate in the community to help to continue facilitating us uh, crocking his corn and he don't care. I don't like that. Uh, Ew. We have various uh, Patreon tiers. We are trying to, uh, we're doing, we're, we're trying, apparently you guys believe in us enough that we're just gonna, we're trying to push the show into being more of a, a more, even more of a thing. For yeah. You to believe in, you, you did the fairy claps and now we are full of that Riz and we think we can do stuff. So, uh, we have various tiers starting at five bucks. If uh, got 10, 25, some of them give you the poll voting to help us choose and how we're running the show. Uh, some of them come with uh, me doing a character sketch for you. And some of them come with other stuff. You get cool uh, Discord uh, little tier things and access to Patreon tier chats, which, again, we also used to directly ask for help for the show. So, you know, if you want to be part of the project... Get on in here. Do the thing. We appreciate and love your faces. Yes. Um, And we do have, they took it away from us. We can't have goals on Patreon anymore, but we still have goals in our heart. And if we can get to $500 regularly a month, we're going to make this a full-time show. Full-time as in new episode every single week. Um, And I am begrudgingly tacking on the incentive bonus of if we get to $500 a month, I will do the fucking milk episode. Milk episode. God yeah. damn it. I will say, yes, we did get to the corn dub tier, but because it's a one time, it's not going to count as that 500. Um, we are doing a lot of episodes because of it extra, mm-hmm. but we're not going to go to that regular until we get to 500 as a normal all yeah. the time thing. Yeah. The, the corn tub was a one time. haha. We did not think you fuckers would do it, but you did. I'm glad <laughs> that you guys discovered the power of communism and weaponized it against us. Thank you. <laughs> see, see anybody who says communism can never work. Just, you just point them right over we're here. We're going to have a wet goth boy in a fishnet shirt just eating corn and regretting life. <laughs> I love corn. This is going to be awful. <laughs> and hopefully we'll actually learn how to stream it so we can do that more in the future. Yeah, it'll be a Hell live stream. Yeah. Once we actually have the everything set, we will share the links and you can share them amongst your friends. Your neighbors, your allies, your brothers at arms. They will know about the tubbing. And my corn. (laughs) (laughs) Also, if uh, you have a cool project, corn-related or not, that you wish to share with us in the community, whether it is 
goth horror TTRPG related or other various aspects, you can reach out to us at blankbodies at gmail. We would love to talk to you about your cool stuff. It's and, true. And if you're a real vampire. That is also cool stuff, though. Yeah, hit us yeah. up, especially for that. Hit us up, homies. Yes. Did we already say get on Discord? We Yeah, well, Discord. Oh. Uh, we have get it. Get on Discord. It's free. Uh, hang out with us. Um, we, the, the Discord, unfortunately, <laughs> or fortunately, does affect the show a lot. So if you enjoy and want to participate in whatever the fuck that is that we are doing, come hang out. There are people running games there. If you want to run a game with people, feel free. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's always people looking for games, looking to run games. Especially if you're not in a standard U.S. time zone, there's definitely friends who are looking mm-hmm. for more friends in different area codes. Mm-hmm. I am also trying to get my butt together. Basically, the corn tub slightly fucked up a lot of my plans because I was going to be like, Hey, friends in Australia, do you want to, like, stream a movie? I'll be up super late. I don't give a fuck. And now I have to do actual adulting production stuff, so I apologize. Give me a little time. I'm trying Don't to... apologize. We got corn tubbing to do. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I... It'll be fine. Love you, Australia guys. We love you guys. You're all very delightful. All of but you. We got a super tub fucking delightful. To figure out. And then the Aussies and corn. We got we to commit a harvesting. We got... The bad thing, the, ter- to buy. the terrible thing for you, Skipper, is that when this will be happening, it will be harvest time. So that means corn is even cheaper. So we can buy so much more. I know. I budgeted up to $100. Oh, we can make it so We corners. will not spend $100 on corn. That's it's so a tax much. write-off now. Technically, like it's for business. 400 years of corn. Yeah, but we can eat. We don't. If we it don't doesn't have... get used, we can eat it afterward. No. How are we going to eat 400 years of corn? A little butter, salt, pepper. Little... That's not nice. Yeah. Get some elote. You freeze it. We're going to have to figure out how to make elote. I know. So... Elote is pretty easy. Yeah. I just have so... just never done it. Anyways, we should probably enter this. Uh, I have to go make a storyboard about what the fuck we're doing. And just, yeah, I got. <sighs> I got to go lotion my body. Love Wait. you. Bye. I got to take a nap. <laughs> got to teach John how to exfoliate. Pumice. Sugar scrub.